and welcome to the Edu Switchboard podcast. I'm your host, Jana Parker, licensed educational psychologist, wellness and executive function coach, and parent consultant. Visit jplep.com to become a member of my community or to access my assessment or coaching services. Well, everybody, to my audience of, you know, 10 or 20 subscribers. <laughs> That's what you're working with? You got 10 to 20? Uh, yeah, I think like 23. Oh, nice. Let's see if we can bump that a little bit. I know, right? Well, maybe yeah. once your people, uh, maybe once your uh, people watch, they'll uh, they'll want to subscribe. Right. I'll put it up. I mean, however you put it up, I'll yeah. put it up on my book of faces or my uh, the grand instant. So nice. Um, yeah, well, I should introduce you, everybody. This is Jimmy Brown. And he is a licensed marriage and family therapist. And he kind of wears multiple hats. And I met him because he works in my building. And when I moved upstairs, he seemed like a friendly face in the hallway. <laughs> and, <laughs> and me being me who like loves to know everything around me. I'm like, hey, who are you? Oh, you're a therapist? Great. I'm an educational psychologist. Let's be friends. Let me learn about you. Yeah. And then, and then you ended up being, you know, a very old friend of my friend, Joanna. So that was cool too. Right. That was so random. You yeah, know, it's yeah. So thanks for doing that interview. That was good. Yeah, I was running out of a client and you're like, Hey, can you talk to them all? Well, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was good. And uh, I do also want to say that you are, besides my father, you are the only man I've had on this show so far. So welcome. And you are the only, (laughs) the only person of color. And I was thinking about how, like, I've just interviewed a whole lot of white women, you know? (laughs) All right. So I'll be, I'll be a nice change. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what it is about, you know, and then I think like, well, that's kind of a problem, you know, like I, I really want to know people of all kinds and colors who do this kind of work that we do with kids. Um, Cause I think that that's important, you know, where I'm actually part of a, in my day job, I'm part of a like, disproportionality and special education work group um i have like a big meeting tomorrow so which is very neat that disproportionality and work especially for uh your day job and working in the schools because there's a huge disproportion of african-americans but you you already know i do know that for our (laughs) listeners who don't know for our listeners and watchers who don't know there's a, there's a very disproportionate amount of students who are African-American and Hispanic in, in the district that I work in, um, in special education, you know? And so the, the focus of this work group is to try to identify what the, um, kind of what the root causes might be and then uh, start and then bring them to the district so that we can start to make some, um, some change. So, well, that's awesome. Yeah. So, welcome. Let's talk about you. Okay. <laughs> I'm fine with that. 
talk about you. So tell tell everybody um, just kind of about what you do in your private practice, because it sounds like you work with children and people of all kinds. I work with everybody, and I like it like that. I got kids from six years old all the way up to adults in their 50s, 60s. It just depends. It depends on what they come in for. But my day job, I work, um, I work for the middle schools. I work for a school district. I work for the Oak Grove School District, and I work at the middle school. So I've been doing that for 17 years. And then I get an opportunity in my private practice to see even little kids, because I miss those ones, the small ones that come up and hug you. And then, yeah, so now up to the teenagers and, you know, high schoolers and beyond that, the 20s. So, and, you know, adults and moms and parents and dads and going through divorces and all that stuff. So my private practice is pretty much word of mouth. I don't have a website. So if you're looking for me, don't try and find me there because you're not going to find one. You'll find me on the camp website and that'll be about it because I, I try to keep my practice, you know, relatively small because I only work Wednesdays, Thursdays and Fridays. And I don't want to be too busy because I'm a father as well. So I have a five-year-old at home. So I want to be home. I want to be daddy and be active. So yeah. Yeah. And that's already a busy schedule. Are you in the schools full-time? Yeah. Yeah. So you're like me. Yeah. And I'm supervising nine interns. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And they go in the elementary school. So I supervise them and then they service the elementaries. And then I have a few that service the middle schools. Okay. Are they all um, um, like... Uh, they all are MFT interns or do they come from different kinds of programs too? No, they're all MFT interns and they're all from one school, Palo Alto University. Okay. So they're all PAU. So nice. Oh, that's awesome. And um, yeah. So in your private practice, do you have, I mean, you work with so many different kinds of, of people and I know that kids is one of kind of your main things. Are there any, um, like, I don't know, like, tell me a little bit about your approach to how you kind of think about therapy that you do with kids or adults and just kind of like, you know, like a little, I don't know, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like technique or like, you know, not like, Come on, help help with the word. <laughs> I'm waiting for you for to it. get it out. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. trying to get it out. It's like a, like, I guess, like therapeutic technique, but I don't really, like that. My but, therapeutic but, approach? Yeah, approach. Thank you. Approach. Okay. God, that was My hard. therapeutic approach is, is, it's client-centered. It's, it's about the relationship. It's about me being real. It's about, like, when I went to school, they were telling me, like, you can't be this, you can't, you can't. They kept talking about what you can't be. And what I love about what I do now is I can be me and you can't tell me how to do this anymore because I'm licensed. I can do it my way. This is my art, my way. And my approach is I'm a real person who cares about real people who come to this office. So if you come in here, I develop a relationship with you, a meaningful relationship that really impacts me because I care about you. So when I talk to you about your life and I'm talking to you about how to pull the greatness out of you or how to help you be resilient. It's coming from a place of somebody that really is interested in 
somebody that really cares about your well-being because we have a relationship, because I'm invested in the relationship that we have. And that's where I come from. And that's why I feel like the people who come and see me, they stay with me because they know that the relationship has value and they know it has value not only to them, but value to me. So I do everything I can to make sure that I'm, that I'm as supportive as I can be and I'm as real as I can be. And sometimes that backfires because some people don't like what I'm like. I tell you the truth, whether you like it or not. And so that's my approach. And that's how I approach therapy. And it's it's more about pulling out the strengths and looking at what's already working and finding out what's possibly getting in your way of seeing your own success or realizing that own success and building on top of what you're already doing that's working already. And I can go psychoanalytic. I can do all this narrative. I can do all the different techniques, but it's all based really around relationship and connection and trust and you know, you believing you being my clients that this relationship is something that has value to me and to you. That is exactly what I meant. I did not mean technique. I meant approach. <laughs> Thank you for that. And like you, that was just so powerful that I felt like I can understand. Um, like I already felt that you were connected and I'm not even your client. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> that was, yeah. And that's actually why this is so good is because I could be like, you know, I think you would be a good match for Jimmy. And mm -hmm. I think that you need to just go kind of take a look at who he is because, you know, and see if that resonates with you. And there are some people where I'd be like, oh, you know, maybe you should go see so-and-so, right? Like everybody's got kind of a different, um, a different like thing that they need. And I'm so, I completely agree that it is all about the relationship. And that's why it is so important for different professionals who work with these kids to know each other and know like who is going to be that match that's going to make that that's going to um, help that person grow and evolve and come into themselves you know I agree because I'm not a, I'm not the right therapist for everybody I'm just not I understand that and I'm okay with that because more importantly is that people get the support that they need not they get the support they need that they get support from me. It's about getting support from somebody that they, that will help them. And I'm, you know, I'm not everybody's flavor. You know what I'm saying? I'm a little bit too real. I got tattoos. I got, you know, some of that stuff throws people off. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm, a, you know, I, I describe myself as a muscular black male that might be intimidating to some people. You mm -hmm. know, I'm a former athlete. I come from that lens. I was born and raised in the hood. You know, I got that lens, you know what I'm saying? I listen to hip hop, you know, I, you know, I, I do martial arts. And so I got a different lens of how I do therapy and how I see the world. And I'm not this buttoned up in this box kind of a clinician. I'm more of a real, I'm just a real dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not this clinician robotic. I'm just more of a just, hey, you coming to see me? Let's sit down. Let's have this conversation. Let's figure this thing out. Yeah. Kind of approach. Do you, I, I can see that being a good approach for a lot of kids, you know? I find myself being successful with kids for that same reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For that same reason, I find myself being, having a lot of success. Yeah. With kids. I do like, too. 
I feel that same thing. You know what I mean? Because I'm definitely not like a button-up psychologist either. <laughs> <laughs> I get you that know? feel. I already got that flavor from you. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and it isn't for everybody, right? I mean, and and that the the goal is whatever that person needs. And there are pe- you know, there are people who come to me and I don't think I'm the right person for them, and I'll send them, you know, to a different person who does the same thing that I do because right. it's because families and kids, they need a certain thing. And there are so many of us and there are, and there are so many people in need, you know? So there's, uh, yeah, I'm on the same page. Um, speaking of just kind of like how you got to where you are, you know, you were an athlete, you know, um, can you talk a little bit about just kind of your history and how you became, uh, like how you chose your path in life? That's interesting. Okay. How I chose my path as far as, because I do all kinds of stuff. I so. know. And I'm kind of interested. <laughs> I mean, and we don't want this to be like too long, but I want to know kind of how you became, like how when people were saying to you, you can't, you can't, how you were like, yes, I am. And why you decided ultimately that you wanted to become a therapist. But then I know that you also do some other work, like, so you've been at the schools for a while, but you do some other really interesting work too in the community. And mm-hmm. um, if you could speak a little, you know, all, to all of that. Ready okay. To go. Well, <laughs> okay. So my idea of becoming a therapist was, it happened a long time ago. I was watching this show. I was, I, I love this show. It's called Growing Pains back in the days with uh, Alan Thicke. And he, he used to, be with his kids all the all the time and he was a therapist or school a psychologist or that I forgot what they like but he did therapy in his home he had his own private practice he did therapy in his home and he was there for his kids and I thought to myself when I was a kid watching that show that that's what I wanted to do because he was so nice he was always there he went to the school when the kids had trouble and I'm like I want to be that kind of dad because growing up in a single family home, my mom raised me, my pops wasn't there. So I had to look for different, you know, examples of what a father would be. And he was a good example of that for me. So he was kind of a role model for me in that kind of a way. And that always was a a seed in my mind. And as I grew up, it just kind of went away. And I started thinking about like, what am I going to do? Like my mom used to tell me I was going to be a lawyer. She's all in my ear about this lawyer thing. And I'm, I didn't see it. You know what I mean? It didn't make sense to me. Then I thought I was going to work in probation. And that's what I studied at Fresno State. I studied criminology, uh, study uh, criminology probation emphasis. Then I shifted it when I went to uh, college and I had this very traumatic emotional breakup with my college girlfriend. It was emotional. I was crying in class and I was, and then they just, my professor said, go, go to the counseling center. When I went to the counseling center, I talked to the, to the therapist. His name is Bruce McAllister. He's a therapist. He's still there too at Fresno State at, in the counseling center. And, I, and he just reaffirmed my, what I could be. And I, after, since that time, me going and talking to him and processing my emotions and my feelings, it reminded me, like, that's what I really want to do. And in order to do that, I knew I was going to have to get my master's degree. And I hate school. You know what I mean? I'm that guy. Here's this guy who works in a school every day that actually hated school. And that's because of some of the disproportionality, some of the 
it, when it's coming to representation and being kids being suspended, that was me getting suspended, over suspended, over expelled, those kinds of things. So working in that field, I, I decided like that's what I wanted. I wanted to work and become a therapist. And, you know, I was an athlete. I had one year of eligibility left. I forego my last year of track to to go to start working at a group home so I can have some experience before I applied to grad school programs. And so I did that out there in Fresno for a year. I switched my emphasis to victimology, came out here, went to JFK University. And then when I was in school, they would say, there's no therapist at schools. And I was like, yeah, you're not gonna, if you wanna work at a school, you shouldn't be doing therapy. And I was like, well, they're gonna make an exception for me. Watch, they're gonna figure it out. And they were like, and I said, I wanted to work in the schools and have a private practice. Well, that's kind of hard to do. And this and that. so people would tell me, and like you said, going back to my origins, I'm that kind of dude who doesn't like people to tell me what to do. Nobody can describe for me what I'm going to do. I do what I do. You don't tell me what I do. I am who I am because of the decisions that I make, not the decisions that you have decided that I can make. You know what I mean? Yeah. So based on that, that feistiness, and I don't know where I got that. My, maybe my mom, maybe it's just something that's always been inside of me. I've had that fight in me. So when somebody said, oh, you know, there's no therapist in schools, therapists in schools, I was like, yeah, they're about to. So my, my internship was with the Oak Grove School District. And I said, I'm going to be so incredibly good at what I do that they're going to offer me a job. I put that out there. So yep. what ended up happening is I did really well yep. and I got introduced to the superintendent and he was like, I got to cut 5 million from the budget, but I'm going to find a way to keep you. So he cut 5 million from the budget. He 17 years ago, gave me a job and I've been working in the Oak Grove school district as a therapist ever since got my license, started my private practice at the age of 30. That was a goal of mine as well. By the time I turned 30, started private practice and that's what I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a great story. It's 13 years in, the, in in private practice now, 43 years old, 13 years in private practice. That's so. awesome. We're the same age. I'm 42. Oh, I'm a little older than you, huh? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. You're a little older than me. But yeah, I mean, and you love that balance too, huh? Do you oh, love man, the balance? Oh, I know, me too. <laughs> oh. I love the balance. And for me, like I'm a, I'm kind of a, an administrator right now in the schools and I don't see, I'm like not with kids and family, you know, like I'm, I'm like behind, I'm like, I'm not with kids anymore. And when I work in my office on a weekend, I'm like, I feel, I don't feel like I'm at work. You know, mm, I feel like right, I'm doing right. what I meant to do, which is be with like these kids and work with these families and not with an IEP, you know, like without, without IEP documentation in front of me, right? Like just right. working with this family and trying to figure this out and helping them, you know? Yeah, so, I feel you on that. I feel you yeah. on that. That balance is great. Yeah. So it makes me feel like, yeah, I have two jobs, but it doesn't even, I don't feel like that's a job. Like I look forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. But I'm a crazy dude, too, because I like, you know, I do all kinds of stuff. I teach martial arts. I, I, I have a podcast on the Raiders. I, 
uh, what else oh, do I do? Yeah. I coach track and field. You know what I mean? I coach track and field at San Jose City College. So I do that. And I have, like you said, like you mentioned, I have a consulting agency that I help start up. It's called Lion Pride Leadership. And we do emotions management trainings and equity trainings and things of that nature. So I, I just try to keep myself as busy as possible because, you know, I like to do a lot of different things and I'm interested yeah. in a lot of different things. And I like to challenge myself and continue to grow. If I can, how can I ask my clients to continue to push themselves and grow if I don't do it myself? So, man, we speak the same language. We really do. And you, and you still, and you balance all of that with a young son and yeah. wife. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. what are some things that you do to kind of like help instill in him that, um, that confidence and kind of, you know, that belief that you had, like, you know, I'm sure he probably already just has some of it innately. Oh, oh he's you know, got but... <laughs> <laughs> And how old is he? He's five. Okay. He's five. Is he doing online kindergarten? No, he's not. He's doing, he's, he's actually in school. He's actually going to school. So okay. that, that's working out for us. Oh, that's but nice. yeah, Some of the things that I do on a daily basis is like, we do gratitude every night before we go to sleep. And then I, every night I tell him he's a warrior king. And I tell him why I said, you're a warrior king. Cause you're smart. You're funny. You're athletic. You're strong. You're kind. You're loving. Every night, I, I just, I don't know what it is. I change it every night, depending on what I see from him. And I tell him he's a warrior king and he knows what that means because I describe it to him because you're what you do, you care about people, you're strong. And so I, I tell him who he is. So he, I don't let somebody else decide for my son who he is. And I teach him about who he is and about, you know, the greatness of our ancestors and who he comes from, myself and my wife, who's white. But I talk to him about, the, you know, the Irish side of him. And he knows that he comes from two great families and he, he comes from a rich, proud heritage. And like, we believe in him and that he's amazing. You there? Yep, okay. I'm here. And that he's amazing and that he's strong and we're, we're proud of him. So yeah, definitely I pour that into him. And, you know, there's not anything that he doesn't believe he can do. So that's one of the better things I feel like I'm, I, I do is as I pour into my son and I spend copious amounts of time with him. I play with him. You know, we hang out and we do science experiments. We had a praying mantis. We he caught a praying mantis and we went out and caught a roach from outside and we put it in the jar and see if it would get the roach and it didn't. But we have a a black widow spider around the corner that we bring roaches to and it eats and we see it and so there's, and I ask him, what's your hypothesis? And he says, what's your hypothesis? And we break it down. So I spend a lot of time and I pour into him, just pour love into him and pour that confidence and tell him who he is. And he's just awesome and he's amazing. You know, he knows he's awesome and amazing. That's what my wife say. And, and mommy's the best and daddy's the man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh, that's great. Um, what are you concerned about right now, like with COVID and everything? Like, what have you seen is kind of happening with people that you know or clients or what are you most kind of concerned about right now with people I'm, overall? I'm, I'm worried about people's fear and how paralyzing the fear is for people. Yeah. 
people are um, extremely paralyzed by fear and they're sitting and they're waiting for something to happen. Instead of finding out what this whole COVID situation is and finding ways that they can bolster their um, immune immunity, you know, How, right. what can I do? Can I, you know, go for walks? Can I take vitamin D? Can I take zinc? Can I take vitamin C? Can I um, make sure I do work and I walk, go for walks? Um, can I make sure I'm hydrated? Can I make sure I get enough sleep? These are things that can, I mean, help you just be resilient towards any virus. And these are the things that, in, how do I reduce my stress? You know, am I meditating? Am I breathing? Am I taking breathing practices? Am I having fun? Am I listening to music? Am I dancing? Am I having, reducing my stress? This is what I fear, that people aren't doing what I described, all of those things, and they're just waiting for a vaccine. Yeah. That is not the way, that's what I'm noticing, that people are just hunkering down and waiting for a vaccine, and they're living in that fear. Yeah. But if you start to equip yourself, if you start to take action, then you feel better about what's going on. Now, you may not have control over political decisions that people decide to make, you know, and some people hate our president. Some people hate our uh, governor. Some people love our governor. Some people love our president. What, regardless wherever you land on that, you still have to take care of you. You still have to find a way to be resilient within yourself. And how do you do that? And that's what I'm noticing. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm running up against. And there's this balance for me. Like, how much do I tell them? Like, dude, you got to step it up. You got to go yeah. and do some of this stuff. And, or because I feel like I might be encroaching on their, you know, so I just kind of step away and, and do my own thing. So this week I have a training, resilience, using the mind, body, and spirit. I'm gonna do a training for my district and just, you know, mind, body, spirit, or soul. And I'm gonna say, okay, this is how you deal with the soul. This is how you deal with the body. And this is how you deal with the mind. And yeah. if you wanna come, if people come and take it, then great. If they don't, they don't like what I have to say, then totally fine. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. You know, I, I mean, I feel like we are really cut from the same cloth in a lot of ways, you know, like those, I feel so similar. And I absolutely practice all of those things, you know, and I have, you know, two jobs, and I was an aerobics instructor and personal trainer. And I, you know, like all the things, right? Like I do yeah. all the things. And and I go for a walk in the morning or I do my workout and I listen to a motivating podcast if I'm walking or I yeah, have yeah. music blasting in the in the um, garage at five o'clock. You know, like you can do all the things. Like there are no excuses, right? Mm -hmm. The only excuse is your own limiting beliefs that you can't, right? You don't have time. You're too tired. Like I go to bed. Someone asked me recently, like what? do you even sleep? How do you do all this stuff? How do you have all these videos up? How do you have two jobs? Do you even sleep? And I was like, yeah, I go to bed at 830. I go to bed at 830. I wake up at 512. That, you know, yeah, all of that's it. Dope. And, and, that's and dope. I, there's no way I can go to bed at 830. I'll tell you that right now. You're at it. Mine. 
I can't go to bed at 8.30, but I also don't wake up at five. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, so we all have different schedules and we do, you know, different things and you don't have to wake up early to get it all in. You know, it's how, I think the, the key is knowing how you work and then and then listening to that and yeah. acting on it, right? You I have to have that, yeah, that self-awareness. I just was talking about that on a video the other day. Like you have to have this, that's metacognition, right? Thinking about thinking and then doing something about those th- that thinking and, and knowing yourself and taking care of yourself, I think is the most important right now. You're so right. Oh, I could talk what? to you all night. <laughs> so that's my fear. You asked me what my fear was. That's my fear. Yeah. I think we're going to become friends after this. I think we're going to become friends. This is our second time talking. We yep. vibe. We vibe pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I have two stepsons. They're a little older than your son, but they would, uh, you know, they're all boys. <laughs> so they'll find <laughs> something to do. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, just a little on that fear point. Um, we were recently in Idaho because we just said we need to get the heck out of here when it was like so smoky and the politics and like everything we were like we've got to go so we just like took off and went to Idaho which was unique in many ways but what what we what what was happening was like no one was wearing masks and we were like oh you know what? And, and then we were like, oh, because we have been living in California where they've like instilled such significant fear in us because, I mean, because we are so populated, right? But, right. but yeah, like we have been living like, I mean, I can't be in my office next to another even in the same indoor space if there's even only two people in this indoor space we have to have a mask on you know like it's that like it is so you know so we've been living like this and then we go to a place where people are like you know what I will do it if I want to and if I don't want to I won't do it and so people who want to are doing it and people who don't want to are not and it just was like a different like, oh, okay. Like it kind of just like let us breathe a little, like not mm-hmm. near people, but <laughs> you know. Right. We, so when right. we walked around people, we put our masks on and then we didn't worry about it. And then, you know, we spent a lot of time just in nature, so we didn't need them. But it was just interesting to see a different um, like these people were not living in fear. They were living. Right. They were living pretty normally. I mean, they were in gyms, they, the kids were in school, the guys were playing basketball at the park, the, you know, the kids were playing sports at the park after school, you know, we were like, what, you know, like it's a, and and you realize that not everybody is afraid, you know, not everybody is living in fear. I think it really just depends on, uh, you know, where you are, but it was a good reminder that we're not always going to live like this, but if we, um, if we let that take us over, it's going to have really significant impact on our uh, emotional and physical and mental health. I agree. It it already does. You can't help but if you're living in California, 
but to have that because I do my part. I don't go run around and do a bunch of crazy stuff and have all these parties and whatever else. But that's what I'm normally doing. My buddies watch it. Oh, who's going to get the fight? You're going to get the fight. And then I'm over there hanging around and there's like 30 or 40 of us watching the fights or I'm going to football games in Fresno. Me and my wife drive. We've got Fresno State season tickets and we're high fiving people. And we're, we, I mean, we do these yeah. big events and we're always at my son's football flag football games. And if you see that, there's kids everywhere. <laughs> Everybody's high fiving, but we're dealing with not having all of that right now. So it's definitely having an impact on all of us yeah. who are used to play, watching our kids play t-ball or who are just comfortable going to the movies to watch a movie in a theater and order the popcorn from there. You know what I mean? Just, just these little experiences that we're all, you know, dealing without. And, you know, I get it. Like, I'm not trying to say there's the virus isn't dangerous, but I do want us to start having different conversations about it, yeah. about how we can support ourselves in mitigating the virus and making sure if we get it, it has a, a minimal impact on our body. So how are we eating? Are we fasting? Are we, are we like taking care of our bodies in the right way? Are we getting rid of seed oils and making sure we're just like, there's a bunch of things that we can do. And I, I don't mean to get on the health and wellness kick, but all of that impacts your mental health. All of that stuff impacts your ability to access your thoughts and your emotions and be in connection with those thoughts and emotions. And it impacts you every single day. And these are the things, these minor things that you can adjust that will impact you greatly. I could you not know, agree more. That you know about though. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir right now. Yeah. You, no, you, you could do not all agree that more. <laughs> <laughs> that person, the person who asked me like, how do you do this? You know, do you even sleep? And I said, yeah, I go to sleep at 8.30. And well, I go to bed at 8.30. Then I read, then I go to sleep. But um, no, I said, well, I mean, yeah, I go to, I go to sleep. I get like seven or eight hours of sleep. I eat good food. I drink water. I work out. I read books. <laughs> like that was my answer. Like I just right. do the things that keep me um, healthy and, and it really affects your mood too. Right. Everything. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really scaring kids. Like I had a kid in my office just the other day who was so afraid to go back to school that he, cause he has the option to go back to school right now. Right. And we were just right. talking about like, you know, what do you want to do? And I mean, he was crocodile tears afraid. Wow. And I, and I wouldn't have thought that about him, you know, like I wouldn't have thought that that's the reaction that I would have gotten from him about this. And he, I mean, he was either a very good actor or he had like some real fear. That's sad. That's unfortunate. Yeah. That's unfortunate. <laughs> Because that's the fear, that fear we are imposing on our kids. And that's just not him, right? It's, it's just nationally, a kid is that fearful, then that is the narrative that we are all kind of putting out there. Right. Well, and let's tell okay. a counter story. <laughs> Go ahead. No, what were you gonna say? I said, it's tough to have a counter story when that's the main Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was going to take us off of that because it's okay. go down a rabbit hole. Sorry, um, we're down a rabbit hole. Let's we're down a rabbit hole, but okay. So Jimmy Brown takes clients Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and he <laughs> and he can only be reached by his phone. So like if you, I mean, he has or an email, email address. Yeah, he has an email yeah. address, but if you want to, like you can text or call him and the number is? 408-891-3757. And your email? jbrownmft at gmail. All right. Well, I really appreciate this conversation and um, I'll have you stay on for a second once we hang up, but thank you for being a part of this. And, that's it. Um, I'm out. Yeah. I'm done. I'm off the high seat. That's that's well, it. We we could do more. We could do another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Put me then, in the rotation when you have something you like, an idea you want to discuss, whether it's race, whether it's the, the where therapy's at right now, trends. Yeah. Whatever. I'm down. I'm down. That's great. And I do think that you know, after I you know, I've been I've been on this kick of like you know, interviewing people kind of about, it started out just about business, their businesses, then it grew into like their businesses, but like also things that they're, you know, just kind of more personal about them. And, um, and I definitely want to start tackling topics, you know, like okay. just that people want to come and talk about um, kind of in the, within the scope of what they're doing um, as related to psychology. Right. Um, so so yeah, I'll put you in the rotation because I think we okay. have some more really good conversations. But yeah, thanks for joining me. And I'm just going to say for anybody who's like listening to this podcast or watching this, you can find me at jplep.com and that's it. Um, so thank you. And we'll say goodbye to the audience now. Bye audience. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Edu Switchboard podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions or comments or want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at Jana at jplep.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, I'm here to help.